what is the millennial boom? It might just be the sound of warfare across the two largest generations in America today. Boomers number 76 million, but millennials are maxing out at 82 million. Is it possible to reduce the friction and respect each other? In meetings all over America, millennials and boomers are trying to work together despite their massive differences. She might be smiling on the outside, but inside she is very tired of dealing with her boomer boss. What's cool about this podcast is we cover the five areas of conflict, workplace and workspace, schedules and priorities, dress and body art, marriage and children, and last but not least, technology. We're gonna have rules of engagement to help you thrive in life and work. Let's thrive together on Millennial Boom Podcast. Welcome back to the Millennial Boom Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly, entrepreneur, small business owner, and strategist in the produce and supply chain industry. Today, we are gonna talk about millennial wiring. You might ask what that is. Well, maybe it's an obsession. Maybe it's passion. Maybe it's obsessing on my passion. Well, we're gonna find out. So, passion is energy. Feel the power that comes from focusing on what excites you. Oprah Winfrey said that. It's a great and powerful quote, right? It talks about passion. It talks about energy. It talks about feeling. It talks about the power that comes from focusing on what excites you. What a powerful statement that Oprah Winfrey uh, could could say. So we talk about how we navigate through what wires a millennial. I mean, what wires you to get up in the morning? What wires me to get up in the morning, right? What wires millennials to strive and thrive in and out of the workplace? So again, millennials are passionate about a lot of different things, okay? I'm not going to generalize and say what they're passionate about because I've got my own set of passions that are completely different than the next millennial. But we millennials can be passionate about much more than the generalizations of video games, movies, tattoos, and yes, even our smartphones, right? So growing up, I was infatuated with becoming a businessman, right? I fought for it. I fought passionately to get what I obsessed about. I washed and parked cars. I washed ditches, right? I pursued something that I thought was fun that wasn't even fun at all, right? Passion sometimes gets focused or even confused with obsession. It can even cause you sometimes to not even know when to let go, okay? I mean, wow, more powerful, powerful words, right? Don't know how to let go, obsession, confusion, You can spend countless hours obsessing on your work and miss the things that are right in front of your face, like your family. And we talk about marriage and family in this podcast as well. So channel your obsession to pace a timeline that sets you up for success, okay? We need to set each other up for success, and there are going to be many failures that are going to be along the way. I have failed a dozen or more times in my life, but guess what? They're mistakes. They're not bad decisions. There's always going to be bad decisions, but failure is opportunity. So just because it might be a bad decision to another, it is a success and a learning curve for someone else. So we always have to think about that. And only through learning from those failures will we ever achieve achieve true wisdom. 
more powerful words, everyone. So my millennial wiring is, like I said, is a little bit different than most. I come from my my father is in the produce and supply chain industry just as I am, uh, but he was a little bit different growing up, right? He was putting food on the table. He was keeping a house over our head, as he as he always said. Um, my dad never went to college. Um, he graduated high school, I believe, and he always had to work work very hard, right? So he, as Hans talks about in uh, Help, I'm a Workaholic, we talk about that there are some workaholics. So myself, as this millennial, I'm used to getting up at the 4 or 5 in the morning, uh, working till 6 o'clock at night. It, I, that's kind of where I was because I worked in the same industry as my family did. And my brothers are the same way. My mom's the same way. They wake up very, very early. Um, but again, how I look at this is is not about that situation, but when you wake up and what you do. Because anybody could wake up early, but it's about what you do throughout the day and how you do it. And mine was about being the best. I wanted to wake up no matter what time of the day it was, 4 a.m., 8 a.m., 10 a.m., and I very rarely sleep till 10 a.m., um, but I wanted to be the best. So let's go back and talk about a story uh, about being the best. So it was an early Friday night at the high school, and the football team was getting ready to play their rivals. And this is true, right? I came from a small town of Mount Dora. Uh, our rivals were uh, Eustace and Tavares, I believe. Didn't pay attention that much, but I knew it, right? The crowds were so loud, right? The bonfire was so bright that I could almost see it and hear it a mile away at work. That's right. On Friday nights in high school, this guy, right, I was working. I was the guy that worked during high school. My thought process was different. I figured you could always go to games, but most important, it was what was after the game. It was what was happening, where was everybody going, what were we doing? I didn't want to be in a confined space to watch football or watch basketball at any given time. I did it every once in a while, but if I can go get the paycheck, that's kind of what I did. So who do you think always had money? Me, right? I was able to develop perseverance, integrity, loyalty, and commitment at a very young age. And so could you. So this set me up for something that I wasn't even expecting to happen. It was being the best. I started wanting to be the best at everything. And I remember in 2012, I met the band Shinedown uh, in Sacramento, California, I remember uh, my C, uh, CFO at the time uh, was going through a lot of changes, and we uh, we said, "Hey, let's go to this concert." And I got backstage passes. And if you don't know who Shine Down is, they're you know an alternative rock band that came around the early 2000s, and they, they've been awesome. They've been awesome. And their their lead singer had long hair, and all the way after all these years, he cut his hair. And my buddy went up to him and said, "Why'd you cut your hair? Why'd you cut your hair?" You know, that was like your, your uh, MO, that was you. And his response was, change is a good thing, brother. And it, it just, boom, hit me with an emotional connection um, with, with my own life, right? That motivated me to like, like, follow them for over this whole decade. But I wanted to be the best. And I needed to understand that change was a good thing. And if I wanted to be the best, I had to constantly change and adapt throughout my environment. And since that day, 
I've always lived a life of constant change. So take a second to think about that. Being the best is going to be different to every person, whether you're a millennial, whether you're a baby boomer, whether you're Gen X, whether you're Gen Z. And I think that to me, it was being the best. So I am going to come into any situation, whether it's produce, whether it's supply chain, whether it's golf, um, whether it's a Rubik's Cube, even though I can't figure the Rubik's Cube out, I take my being the best attitude, like I'm going to come into this and, and work smart and hard to get this thing done. So what about passion? So most millennials today will tell you that they would rather take a job that pays less money and has a good atmosphere then take a job that pays six figures and leaves them unsatisfied. Because it's not about the money at sometimes. It's about pursuing things that we are passionate about. And I say we as the millennial generation because millennials want to be involved in something bigger than themselves. And so if you see a millennial uh, work for someone for two years, leave, go work for someone else for three years, don't think that they can't hold a job. Know that they weren't happy there and they did what was best for themselves and the company to get out of that situation. I talked about another podcast a while back that you know you a lot of the baby boomers and Hans talks about this, that they settled and worked jobs for 20 plus years that they were unhappy with. A lot of Hans's friends were very unhappy with their jobs, but they kept these careers throughout their entire lives. No passion, waiting for the day to retire. It was horrible for them. So millennials... We're looking for a little bit of fun, excitement, definitely community, loyalty, freedom, and respect in the workplace. And guess what? You're thinking to yourself as, a, as another generation, wait a minute, you want us to give you all that? You're going to get it all back from us. You're going to get the loyalty, the respect, our passion. Millennials are going to give you their heart once you open up to them as well. Millennials' passion will just dissolve quicker than you think if these qualities cannot be communicated, you will see a shutdown of this. And again, I'm, I'm speaking a lot from personal experience, but I'm also speaking to a lot of the millennial generation that I've communicated with and Hans and I have worked with over the last two years. So I was asked the other day though, why I left my business um, to go to work for corporate back in 2015. And I answered the question, very swiftly. Actually, it was an easy question. Um, every great start has an end, right? I mean, it was a great thing that I did with my company. I loved what I did, uh, but I believe we all have a cycle, and I believe that our company was a market disruptor that did exactly um, what it was meant to do, and now my brothers and my family are still um, successful and running businesses um, all the way through 2020. So whether a good or bad outcome, the learning experience will never be forgotten. My passion within running that business, I put my full heart and soul into that for years. It was my baby. And then when it was time to let go, um, I did. I mean, I, I let go. So it was a very fun time and passion took over. So this person went on to say, though, they, they said, oh, you know, we, uh, we have a partner and, you know, they focus uh, a lot of their time on new ideas on a daily basis because they want to start this business. And, you know, what about these learning experiences? You know, what, what do I tell her? Because 
she's got the passion, but we don't know if the business idea is there. And he kept telling me, and she, you know, she's trying to do this business, and she doesn't know what to do or how to do it. And I said, listen, as long as she's exploring her passion, she, she, she will soon find the right answer. And that right answer is going to be different to you and different to others. But if it's profitable and you'll find uh, there is a way, you will find a way to do that. So she will truly do what she wants to do by exploring her passion. So I realized that my passion started growing more for leadership. As you can tell, I give a little bit of advice in all these stories. So I realized at a very young age that your passions come from what you truly makes you happy. And some people leave, start your business, that's happy. Gaining money, that's happy. Heck, have <laughs> download an app can make you happy. They believe and are mind-boggled about these ideas that could make you happy. And think about it. I was happy washing cars when I was a kid, right? But we have to think about how things are going to make us happy within our passion. Mine was leadership. I started realizing that leadership made me happy. Being able to progress other people and watch them succeed made me happy. Being able to fail with people together and coming up with solutions made me happy, right? And let's not, let's be real. It made me a little bit of money along the way, right? Uh, sooner or later though, you know, we have connected with the right people that I've been able to help and make progress through. So as you embrace your passion, you have to look, learn to work differently with others too. You're not always going to have your way as a millennial, baby boomer, or Xer. If you start dealing with new generations, we have to realize that your passion is not going to be equally uh, reciprocated by the other. So learning, learning and embracing your passion, you will start to feel the strength of knowing what you were doing, trusting in yourself more. There's a big difference between knowledge and just being arrogant too. And that goes for all generations. You can be very confident, but don't be arrogant. And that being said, I will tell you from personal experience that you need to understand the fine knowledge, the fine line between knowledge and confidence. Knowledge and passion with other people can be very overwhelming and they can see it as arrogance. So just learn a bit how to control the true power of your passion. It could scare people sometimes. And when you're talking to a, a other generation, a boomer to an Xer, it, it could scare a millennial too. If you're very passionate and very overbearing, they think you're taking control. So share your passion. Don't throw your passion at, at everyone. Sharing my passion with others has been exciting for me. So in my fortunate line of work, I get to meet and tell my story to probably 50 to 100 new people each year between networking events, trade shows, and I, and I really, I'm able to show the world who I am and what I love. Hopefully that energy and passion will flow through them and then through others because it's not about what happens today, okay? We all know that. We live in the future, we live in the now. I say that a lot on the podcast, but the chain of events that makes a difference in the future is what we really are living for that happens today. We are talking to people, making emotional connections for us to have a new connection with them later down the road. Hopefully build a relationship of trust. That's passion.
That's a lot of passion. And let's let's take a quick thought. How many people have a mentor? How many people are being mentored every day by someone that's older than them and someone that's younger than them? Is there a big difference between having if you're younger having an older I would say an older mentor versus being younger and having a younger mentor or vice versa. What would you say your ideal mentor looks like? So when I was interviewing for a Fortune 200 firm, one of the questions I was asked was, how do you think you will fit into the corporate structure versus owning your own company for so long? You know, I I told the gentleman, I remember this very, very vividly. I said, no matter what I do in life or where I am, I will always exploit my passion and work to gain knowledge. That was powerful. And I don't think that he expected that because I think he was looking looking for a different answer. Working in a corporate structure versus running my own business was going to be totally different. Um, The amount of knowledge, though, that bombards you every day, though, between what a corporation is doing, a publicly traded corporation versus a private organization – is tremendous, right? Like I said, it's amazing. So as long as you're paying attention, you're always gonna be gaining knowledge. So I have to be able to learn from people that have been in the industry for over a decade and are willing to teach and pass on their experiences and vice versa. So mentoring leading others, as I came into this this, uh, corporation, I was mentoring and leading people from the ages of 21 all the way to, I would say 60, even their president helping their president understand citrus models, helping them understand different distribution models, different supply chain uh, models. It was, I was mentoring them. And then at times, right, I didn't know about other things like avocados or blueberries. And I would have other people mentor me. I would say from all the way from a millennial to through a baby boomers. So, I mean, I've dug deep into exploiting my passion just in gaining knowledge. So I've also shown a lot of guidance and mentorship towards others. But know that if you're a baby boomer out there, there are millennials that can help you in ways that you probably don't understand or or even know about yet. And vice versa, millennials, there's baby boomers out there that can still help you understand how to get that next account, how to work differently, right? How to understand how to communicate with their generation. So we got to look on all sides of the fence that those mentors are are our leaders and the leaders are our mentors and each generation have younger and older mentors. So what drives you or obsesses you to your passion? I I would say over the course of my uh, 30 odd some years, um, I obsess on my passion and sometimes it's negatively affected me. Um, the more we learn about the dynamics of, I would say, that happiness dynamic uh, versus um, the happiness goes in passion, but that obsessing passion gets can have negative outcomes in it. So you, you want to make sure that when you obsess over something, and it becomes very easy to obsess with fulfilling your passion because we see a lot of millennials – they get obsessed or fixated on certain things. They get preoccupied with getting something accomplished. Passion is what the thing is that you care about much to obtain. So 
harness the passion and understand that obsession is going to be there, but you have to understand. So what is obsession? Let's, let's just understand the definition of obsession, though. It is a fixation, a compulsion, or a preoccupation with getting something accomplished. Passion is what the thing is that you care so much to attain. A lot different than passion, okay? Passion is what the thing is that you care about. See, a care versus obsess about or obtain. I know there's care in that definition that you care so much to obtain. Passion, care, so it, right? Two different ways. Almost the same definition, but we got to make sure we don't obsess versus having a passion. So an example is I, I am passionate about mentoring others, right? I can get very obsessed though about about it and extreme. And sometimes my passion or my obsession of my passion gets me in trouble. I can lose balance sometimes. And you're thinking, how do I lose balance? Because I just talked about passion and the obsession, almost the same definition. But I could be so overbearing that it becomes just raw, just blah, feeling at you all the time. And people don't want that. They want that emotional touch that can make things for you and touch you in a way that you're going to understand and listen and learn from it, right? Why? We want to be passionate about it, but understand we need to communicate with everybody. And it's not about the money. We, we don't care about the money. And I say we is because I'd rather make a bigger impact on changing the world to think how to think about things differently than, like we said, make a quarter million dollars exploiting someone else's passion, not seeing my family, and being able to not do what I want to do. I mean, I was paid $5 an hour cash under the table when I was dishwashing at the age of 14. You know, um, I ran cash registers, got paid $7 an hour there. I had the best time in the world working both of those jobs. I remember prepping food. I remember washing cars. I remember parking cars. I remember mowing lawns. I didn't make any of the amount of money that I could have made or have made today, but it, I had a passion for it. I had a passion towards something that was bigger than myself. And can money lead passion for millennials? Of course it can. People will always find a way to improve themselves for some type of incentive. Many times in the workplace, managers will motivate their employees with more money on their paychecks, gifts, cards, personal days off, right? That's time and money. We all need money to live and provide for our families. I get it. Millennials, though, unlike Xers and Boomers, will go to extensive lakes to spend large amounts of money for something they truly love, though. So regardless if we have the money or not, we're going to live our life. So my wife and I live a lifestyle, though, that's very different than others. You know, we I live the entrepreneur life, and I learned from Kevin Hart as I was watching him growing up. Is He always said he learned how to live broke. No, we're not completely broke. We don't have food. You know, we have food on the table. What I'm saying is we learn to live within our means. So we learned over time that we can, my wife and I can exploit our passion as being business owners, entrepreneurs, and educators than having all this stuff and big houses and cars and boats and RVs. No, we live within our means, have a certain amount of our paycheck taken out to where we are able to live. And if you read my book, I talk about how much to live, how to subtract your annual percentages to be, you know, to live within your means. Pay the bills, mortgage, cars, electric, water, gas. I mean, that's it. You don't have anything else. That's right. 
we will find ways to design a more attractive lifestyle. And we're listen, if you've got all the materials, we'd love that too. And we won't judge you for it. But I'll tell you, one thing that millennials do have to wake up to is the fact that millennials will probably make less money than their parents did at this point in life. So trying to copy exactly what each generation did isn't going to work. Think about that. Some people give this pretty grim picture of their finances when compared to their boomer parents. They have less or they have more. But what did everyone sacrifice to get to where they were? How, how, what were they doing? It's, it's, it's just, you got to think about that. I mean, wow. Wow, wow, wow. And then th- let's go move on to millennials and music. I feel that millennials have a lot of passion for music. Music is a very inspiring tool that we use in many, many different ways in life. I use it all the time as I talked about Shinedown. So ask yourself this question. Do you listen to some type of music every day? And what is it? And what is it for? Is it your hype music when you're going to work? Is it music in the shower? Do you listen to some type of music every day? I mean, I do. Before I go on stage to lecture, I do. I listen to certain times the hype the songs that hype me up. Maybe that mo- not maybe stuff that motivates me and excites me. I have to. I have a passion for music. Millennials, I mean many millennials have a deep passion for music. And what I've also seen is baby boomers have a deep passion for music and they love music. Generation X is the same way. The difference is that some of these generations, millennials, boomers, Xers, get stuck in their own generation and love their music. So we all have to be open to listening to all types of music. And if you don't like it, it's okay. As Han says, don't take what millennials or boomers say with a grain of salt. They're just being open and being honest with you. That's all. So many millennials love music too. So there are many types of songs and different for different situations. But I see all generations listening to music and learning, leaning towards it for help. Music helps set the mood for unanswered situations. I mean, it's very inter- interesting to me because I found dozens and dozens of songs that have eased my situation. I, I mean, I love Shinedown. I would say if I'm going to give any Shinedown song, and it's probably going to come blank to me right now. Um, but yeah, so Shinedown, The Crow and the Butterfly. I mean, listen to it. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. Um, And then think about the genres that you do, that you love. The most loved music tend to, most love music within your genre, you stick to. So if you love it, you stick to it. And don't be afraid. Try something new. You never know what will make you understand each other's generations by listening to their music. So I'm going to tell you another quick thing before we talk about a couple rules of engagement. Um, but Renee has been my support guru since I was about 16 years old. If you don't know who Renee is, she's my wife. So one year for my birthday, she got me an iPad, which had an engraving on the back, and it read, Patrick, everywhere you go, you create your own path and leave a trail. At first, I couldn't stop laughing. I thought to myself, what do you mean? Do I drop, like, little little poop everywhere, a little trail? And she goes, no, and I, but I finally understood what she meant by the statement, right? I, I, uh, I am one to obsess over things, but I'm very passionate about, um, 
about what I leave to f- behind, the trail for the others to follow. So that's kind of my millennial wiring. Um, that's kind of where I am. So if you look at rules of engagement on how to thrive in life and work, you know, for boomers, you know, learn about your millennials, learn about the wiring that we talk about in this podcast, how, to, how they understand to be the best, what their passion is, how they obsess, and how they look at each generation and what they do as well. Um, were, were, they, um, were there any surprises um, throughout you listening that makes you understand the generation a little bit differently? I mean, Hans and I learned that millennials are not uh, necessarily passionate about money. Money doesn't drive success, but it can drive and motivate others and a lot of other people. It's also okay to be obsessed about your passion, but make sure it's a healthy obsession. Think about how money fits into your passion. For most of us, it is the vehicle that gets us to our passion. Think about what makes you the best and that money will follow. Music. Music is key to, uh, to fueling passion. Do not underestimate the power of music in our lives. Do me a favor. Write down your three favorite songs that wire you before heading out to a project or meeting. Play them on the way. Let me know if it works. Leave a comment. What is your favorite song? To find your passion, you must talk about it with others. Exploit it, test it, ask questions about it, and sometimes obsess about it. We have to make it happen. Everyone, thanks for joining the Millennial Boom Podcast, and we'll see you on the next episode. Remember, I'm your host, Patrick Kelly. Hey, don't forget to hit the subscribe button below to get updates on the Millennial Boom. And hey, if you have time, please leave a review. We would love to hear back from you. Again, join us on social media as well. YouTube, Facebook, Millennial Boom Now. Twitter, at Patrick Kelly 85 Instagram and TikTok, ThePatrickKelly85. And check out my book on my website at thepatrickkelly.com. Order now. Hey, I look forward to chatting with you each week. This is going to be a great, valuable time. And hey, I'm glad you joined the boom, millennial boom.